good to be hopeful about the team that you follow. It's kind of a must. If you don't have hope, even a .0001% level of hope, then what are you doing? Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. The Pirates begin a three-city road trip tonight in Chicago. It's a 7.40 p.m. Eastern time first pitch at Wrigley Field, and they've played better. You go back over the past couple of months, they've performed at an 84-win pace, if you extrapolated that over to the full season. And I know that's always dangerous, because if they had performed at their April pace, they'd be the greatest baseball team anyone's ever seen. But it's something, and it's finishing strong, and it's finishing strong despite giving up some guys who are pretty important players for them. Veteran guys, Carlos Santana, Rich Hill, G-Man Choi. And despite being so low on pitching that three out of every five starters is named TBD. And now they're playing without Andrew McCutcheon and they're still finding a way. They're still winning more games than they're losing. But maybe more relevant than any of that, you're starting to see at least the skeleton form of what this team's going to look like, ideally, for years to come. Whereas before, it would just be, all right, well, here's Brian Reynolds, here's Brian Hayes, and okay, fill in the rest. Well, that's not the case anymore. Go with me. Just line up here. Pitching is another discussion for another day, but lineup always makes you feel like, you know, it's real. Behind the plate, you've got Andy Rodriguez. Maybe you've got Henry Davis. I don't think so. But you've got Jason DeLay, who's shown himself to be a pretty good backup. At first base, you've got absolutely nobody. But play along, okay? At short, you've got O'Neill Cruz. Crossing fingers. At second base, you've got Leover Piguero. Yes, you have Piguero. I don't want to hear arguments counter to that. When someone is putting the ball off the bat with the pop that he does and doing it in a way that, unlike Rodolfo Castro, who showed early pop, doesn't seem to come with as much cataclysm or doesn't have that same fatal flaw that Castro had from one side of the plate, there's something there. And Piguero's still so, so young. Third base, you've got Hayes. Left field, you've got Reynolds. In center field, look, people, when your center fielder hits 25 home runs, all the other counter arguments go out the window because he can still remedy the other stuff. The other stuff is easier to fix than adding 25 home runs to someone's repertoire. You absolutely stand behind Jack Sawinski. In right field, for me, that's Davis. And I don't really care what his fielding was like in 2023. 
He was thrown out there the same way, almost the same way that you or I would be thrown out there. Hey, here's a glove. Go do this. And by the way, do it in a bunch of different major league stadiums with no real training, no prep for this, hardly played the position in the minors, never played it before this year. Go get him, kid. That's not fair. That's not fair. Give him an offseason. Give him an offseason of figuring out how to do it. The bat, I'm not blind to what's happened to Henry offensively over the latter part of this season. I'm also not numb to the fact that he's had a hand injury. And there's no way that's not affecting him. No way. The kid hates to be hurt. The kid hates to be left out. And I get that he's wanted to force his way back in. And I actually, in a way, commend management for going along with that. Because you do need to remind this kid how important he is to the future. But he is. And he's a number one overall pick who was the best college bat available. And when he came up to the majors, he showed everyone why. You have to get back to that. If that means getting outside help because the hitting coach that's being employed isn't good enough, then get outside help. Do whatever it is that has to be done. And I'm talking about from the Pirates' standpoint, not from Henry's. They need to facilitate that. They need to accept if their hitting coach can't come up with answers. But Henry, are you kidding me? Number one overall pick? He's not going back to AAA. He's not going behind the plate. Put him in right field and get him hitting. And what's missing? Oh, right. First base. First base. Carlos Santana told me in Milwaukee he wants to come back. I believe that he will come back. I also believe that there's always a way to address this sort of thing. If you have Santana as a first baseman and he's your main guy, but you also could utilize Connor Joe, you also could utilize Jared Triolo over there. I mean, it's not perfect. It's not like having Willie Stargell there for 20 years, but it's something. And Santana... I can't overstate how badly he wants to come back. I, I know everyone says that sort of thing, but they say it until they're gone. And Carlos said it to me while he was wearing a Brewers hat. So I wouldn't worry too much about that either. Optimism. Hope. It's okay. It's okay. A lot of work to be done, though. When we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Your front door, your car, your bike, your computer, your gun. Safety is a habit. Every day you lock and secure your home and everything you want to keep safe. Gun safety and responsible storage are no different and the best way to help prevent accidents, misuse, and theft. If you have a firearm, own it, respect it, and secure it. 
Visit projectchildsafe.org. Brought to you by the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. Today's J1Q comes from Sean, who says, DK, you say that they're going to have to back this up now. They're going to have to do something to make this happen or attempt to make this happen in reference to the Pirates and specifically Ben Charrington speaking up Sunday about 2024 being a big year for them. My question is, why? No, seriously, why do the Pirates have to do anything now? Because Charrington made a statement on his radio show? More to the point, if they don't do anything, what's going to happen to them? Sean, this is maybe even a better question than you might have realized upon asking it. Because it's something that I think about in this role a lot, where I'll use phrases like that. Now they have to, or they'd better do this. Or else. And there's an implied or else in that. And I'm sure that that's what you heard. And I don't know the or else. I am certainly not the or else. What I say and write and all that other stuff doesn't mean a thing in terms of a direct influence. They read it. They listen to this stuff occasionally, from what I understand. And there have been a couple of instances in the past, once in the recent past, where Bob Nutting himself has acknowledged having been influenced by something I either spoke or wrote. Whatever. That's never my motivation for this. These shows are for you. The columns that I write are for you. So the or else that's in there, what you're asking about, Sean, is basically being fired. And you can say, oh, Nutting's never going to fire these guys. He only got them, whatever. And he gave Neil Huntington and Kyle Stark, you know, 12 years. And he gave Clint Hurdle five years. And and he's not going to pull the plug on them. And those of you who will remember my reporting from the time that revealed that Nutting spent $17 million in just flat cash to fire those people. $17 million to fire Huntington, Stark, Hurdle, and Frank Coonley. That's how much money was still remaining on their contracts. And you'd better believe there's some kind of figure that's still sitting there on Charrington's, as well as that of other contracts. So no, nobody in any business is eager to just get rid of somebody in that situation. I sure wouldn't be. But that doesn't mean that the or else isn't there for them. Charrington came in knowing full well that the guy in front of him was fired. Charrington came in very much aware of the $17 million that were eaten to fire all of those people. And that precedent, the reason it was so, so, so important for that to happen and for that dollar figure to get out, because I'm not guessing at it, it came from the Pirates, is that everyone after that can be aware that it will happen to them, too, if they fail. I I know, look, I can never win on any dialogue that makes Nutting sound like anything other than Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. But 
I was very much aware myself of all of this stuff as it was happening. And I was very much directly aware of how ticked off Nutting was and how much he was eager to change it, meaning the organization's entire direction, even if it meant blowing everything up. It took him a couple of months, but he ultimately reached the conclusion to fire them all. That's it, Sean. That's your or else. That's it. That's what happens. Would it happen this offseason? Heck no, nothing's going to happen this offseason. They're not even going to get rid of this hitting coach this offseason. But could it happen after next year? Who's going to say that it can't? I appreciate the question. Very, very good one. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow. 